0: Get the little ones, sit back, relax, and listen to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for
1: general audiences.
0: Chapter 10 By the time that Jeremy returned to the Branigan home on Beechnut Street... His comics were already back in his room. The surprise showed on his face, and he might have been even slightly impressed, if only for a moment. He looked at his little sister, who seemed to be waiting for something. "'Where's the rest of it?' he said at last. Abigail sighed. "'Oh, no,' she said. "'No thanks are necessary. I was only doing my job.' Doing part of your job, you mean, Jeremy said. Where's the rest of my stuff? Well, it wasn't in a dusty storeroom in the back of the shiny slug comic shop, Abigail said, but these were. It cost 25 to get them back. You owe me $5. $25? Jeremy was outraged. Why should I pay $25 to get my own comic books back? Because they weren't yours anymore. Abigail said simply, and that is how much the man who owned them wanted for them. "'You should have called the police,' Jeremy declared. Abigail did not like where this was going. "'You didn't hire me to call the police,' she said. "'You hired me to get your things back. "'Here are some of your things. "'They cost $25. "'You owe me five. "'Honestly,' Jeremy said, still outraged. "'Give me one good reason why I shouldn't call the police.' Possession of stolen goods is a serious crime. And these were not stolen goods, Abigail said. If you wanted to have that kind of stick to wave at the owner of the shiny slug, you would have had to file a police report when your things went missing. And probably charge our mother with the original theft. Would you like to do that? Shall I dial the phone for you? Shut up, Jeremy said sullenly. Then these are not stolen goods, Abigail said. So stop saying that they are. Your things have been sent all over town. I got back the most important stuff on one day, so you're welcome. You owe me five bucks. Who said this was the most important stuff? Jeremy snapped. I never said that. You gave me a printout listing every single issue and how much you thought it was worth, Abigail said defensively, knowing that going after the comic books first had been a guess on her part. It isn't how much I think they're worth, Jeremy said defensively. I got those numbers out of an industry price guide. And a guy who works in that industry just gave me the whole mess of them for 25 bucks, of which you owe me five. Abigail was starting to get angry now, and she fought to keep from seeing red and saying things that would not help her deal with this particularly troublesome client. He probably just gave them back to get rid of you because you're such a pain, Jeremy said, pouting. If that's true, then I just saved you some very valuable property with my winning personality, Abigail said crossly. So you're welcome, and where's my five bucks? There was a small pause. Jeremy eyed the boxes suspiciously. I should probably go through them, he said. The guy probably kept the most valuable ones. Whatever, Abigail said, rolling her eyes. She did not feel like telling Jeremy that his entire collection had been destined for the two-for-a-dollar bins in the basement, and her best chance of getting her client calmed down was allowing him to think that his collection was immensely valuable. Abigail realized that it was also helpful to think of him as her client, not her brother. He wasn't much of a brother, but a client was a client, as long as they didn't stiffer for five bucks. Jeremy was quiet for a moment. How come the boxes look so bad? he asked. Abigail shrugged. They didn't look all that pretty when we found them, she said, and they looked a little worse after we pulled them across town in Timothy's wagon. His wagon? Jeremy frowned. Yeah, Abigail grinned. He still has his old wagon. He went home to get it. I guess all boys keep things they don't need for no reason. It says... Timmy G on it, where he wrote it when he was like five or something. I made fun of him the entire way home for that. The client shook his head, and Abigail ignored him. No, seriously, she said. Do you know how hard it is to pull a wagon behind a bike in traffic when your throat is dry from teasing someone for an hour about being little Timmy G and his magic red wagon? It's hard work. I'm exhausted. Give me my five bucks." Jeremy didn't say anything. He lifted the lid to one of the long boxes and flipped through the comics inside. Abigail was pleased to note that he did not appear to be doing an inventory. "'I'm surprised you found these,' he said at last. Abigail blinked in astonishment at how close that felt to a compliment. Neither of them said anything for a moment or two. "'What did Mom say when you brought them in?' he asked at last. Oh, no. Abigail shook her head. She was not home yet, and as far as I am aware, she does not know these things are back in their house. That is your problem, not mine. Oh, come on, Jeremy protested. That is a service which I do not supply. Abigail said, and if you don't want this entire operation to get shut down before I get to start the search for the rest of your whatever, I recommend you keep your trap shut about this until after the job is done. The client looked disgusted, but he didn't seem to be able to do anything about it, so he just nodded. But you can't just assume that anything on the list is more important than anything else, he insisted. Everything is important. And you need to understand that even if everything is really just as important as everything else, I can't do everything at the exact same time, unless they all happen to be in the same room, which they aren't. That's impossible, even for me. Jeremy snorted and did not say anything. So, if there's anything on that list of yours that is actually the most important thing, it would be a really good idea to tell me so, she said. Everything on the list is important he insisted. All of it. And the comic books were on the list, Abigail said. Jeremy had to agree that they were, though he did this with kind of a half-shrug. Then I guess the comic books were important, she said with her best professional smile. I guess that they were, he admitted. Well... "'Abigail said, with a theatrical wave of her hand "'toward the slightly battered long boxes. "'Here they are. Ta-da!' "'All right,' he said. "'I guess you did good enough to earn an extra day on the job.' "'He took out his wallet and produced a five-dollar bill, "'which he held out towards her. "'This is the five you owe me for today,' "'she said as she grabbed it and stuffed it into her pocket.' If you want another day, that'll cost you another five. She tried to fight the urge to grin like a maniac, but she knew she wasn't entirely successful. Plus expenses, she added.
1: Yeah, kids, this is Stinky the Elf coming to yous from the North Pole. Yous know Santa Claus' workshop, right? Well, I've been asked to convey a special message to yous that my boss, Santa Claus, that's right, the jolly old fat guy in the red suit, wants to hear from all the little boys and girls out there here's an opportunity to tell him your Christmas list and any other special holiday message you got. And on Fridays, starting the day after Thanksgiving, my boss will read your message out loud on a new podcast called Santa's Inbox, exclusively on the Mutual Network. He'll mention your first name only, plus the town you're from, and then read your email out loud so everybody can hear it. Ain't that exciting? Yeah, Sandy told me that he used to read letters from kids on the radio back in the day, but I told him, I'm only 300 years old. I can't remember that far back. <laughs> okay, what else? Oh, yeah, this offer is open to anybody kids, grown ups, the young at heart, anybody who wants to send a special message or a dedication to anybody else. So, anyways, start sending Santa Claus your emails now to santas.xmas.inbox at gmail.com. That's S A N T A S X-M-A-S dot I-N-B-O-X at gmail.com. Kids, please ask your folks to send your email for you.